Welcome to the Excellence in Industry podcast hosted by Caprock Partners, where we discuss all things industrial real estate. We are back with another episode, uh, and we are also back with Payson McWilliam of Colliers in the Phoenix industrial market. Welcome, Payson. Thank you very much. I am very much enjoying this cooler Phoenix weather, uh, unlike the, I think, 365 days of over 100 degree heat you had recently. Well, I don't know that it was 365, but I think it was over 200. Well, you you live here, and so you would uh, you would know better than me. But it definitely felt that way. Uh, so you know, we're we're getting into the end of the year. Um, we've talked about Southwest submarket. We've talked about what's going on uh, through COVID, and I think the next conversation I kind of wanted to have is, you know, you and your brother have been in this market for over 30 years. Uh, I know you have a lot of depth and history in the Southwest sub market, but, you know, kind of take a 30,000 foot approach to this market and just, where do we go? Where do we go in the next year, three years, five years, 10 years, and what's going to drive that Phoenix market? So, um, you know, one thing that continuously sticks out to me is that there's so many Californians that are moving to Phoenix. I won't say who, but there was a broker who sent me a picture of a billboard you guys have here that says, don't, don't California my Arizona. And I know that's, <laughs> I think that's been trademarked by, by Arizona, by Texas and a couple other groups. But the reality is, is there's a huge um, influx of the pop, California population moving here. And that's probably driving a lot of your consumption. What are you really seeing? Is, is that has that been a huge component to the growth in this market? It has, uh, Nicholas, and I, I think that'll continue. You know, we've Phoenix has always been a very attractive place to to, to live. I mean, and and have a business. You know, I think without doing any advertising at all, California is you know making a mess of of what they're trying to do with their state, and the companies are coming over here and realizing that they are able to lease space, buy homes uh, at a cost of a fraction of where where they are in California. I mean, and and we also have, you know, affordable housing. We have, uh, you know, a good labor pool and, you know, quality of life and lower taxes. So I think the, you know, the long-term 30,000-foot approach is going to be that it's going to continue that way. And it's very exciting, and we're very excited about the future. On an earlier podcast, you uh, had mentioned that manufacturing's come back in a in a big way to Phoenix, and I think one of the tough parts as a developer, um, industrial developer in Southern California, is that we face a lot of challenges with um, getting power and a sufficient amount of power to our new developments, and um, a lot of that has to do with population growth because as many people as are leaving California are coming in. Um, you see on the industrial side, a lot of this MHE, material handling equipment, that is really taking up a large component of the power grid. Uh, and then you've got these infill markets where, you know, if you went higher and better use, you're going from industrial to multifamily, and that's putting a pinch on the grids. But it seems like here with SRP, you guys have really been able to provide that opportunity to uh, the different groups that have come in. Correct. You know, Salt River Project, which is SRP, which is the major power company here, they are very pro-business and proactive, and we have a, a we have plenty of power. Uh, our grid is phenomenal, and I think 
if you if you get with the power company prior to, I think they will help. They're, they're pro-business, and I think they will help uh, expedite the process to deliver the power that you need for your, for your properties. What, what are those next things that are going to come up in the Phoenix market? You know, when you look past 2021, when you look three, five years from now, uh, what will change? What will it be? You know, we... Uh, our CEO told us the other day that, you know, I believe it's been over 20 years since Amazon uh, was founded. And, you know, we look 20, 25 years later at what an impact they've made, uh, just specifically in the industrial market. Um, I know two, three years ago, Nikola uh, opened a facility here, which is going to be the uh, electric trucks uh, that are going to be servicing a lot of this e-commerce. Um, but what is that next wave? What do you see being in this market for over 30 years? Well, I mean, we have a we have a pro-business governor, and I think we have the flexibility as a state to be able to attract a host of different uh, industries. And I think that will continue uh, in terms of what I think is going to change over the next, you know, five to seven years. Uh, I hope nothing does. I mean, I think I think we're we're rocking and rolling right now, and we're firing at all cylinders, and it's a, it's an exciting time to be in Phoenix, and certainly an exciting time to be an industrial real estate broker. You look at the you know markets, sub markets, um, and a lot of them are starting to become infill. Uh, I know Southwest um, starting to you know really become land constrained. Um, where do we go from here? Are, are you going to start seeing redevelopment? Uh, which direction do we push out uh, as it becomes, uh, as it pertains to industrial and the development? I still think the tenants prefer to be infill. And uh, I agree with you 100% that the infill land is becoming constrained. There are certainly still opportunities, I feel, but I do think that uh, the, the growth is going to be further west. The 303 opening up has been a huge uh, benefactor of uh, businesses. There's a substantial amount of activity there. There's a substantial amount of develop developers out there uh, trying to control dirt and get into the game. But I think I think I still think the premium is going to be on having infill sites, and I think the tenants are willing to pay more money to be infill still, and with the lack of available land, the competition is going to be less. So it sounds like you're thinking that it's going to continue to push out west. I 100%. It'll go, it's it's now, you know, southwest Phoenix, you've got Avondale, you've got Goodyear, Buckeye is the next, uh, the next venue, and you're already seeing some companies uh, already purchasing land to, to house their uh, warehouses in, in, the, in the town of Buckeye. How's, how's infrastructure going to uh, play into that? It's challenging right now. If, uh, certainly out in Buckeye, I think, that, you know, which is going to be the furthest, the furthest wave. Goodyear, the infrastructure, uh, there are some dynamic developers that are already out there and have had great success. And I think that infrastructure in the city of Goodyear, uh, they, again, are proactive. And they've done a phenomenal job on attracting uh, very high-quality uh, companies out there. So when you look at areas like Surprise, Surprise has tended to uh, draw the, call it um, larger distribution facilities, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, uh, where it's become a hub. As you branch out west, do you see that being a 
hub and spoke model? Do you see it, you know, the product coming in from the ports, pulling in to there and then going out uh, to different uh, other hubs for these different brands? I do. I mean, I think the the Goodyear developers out there, they're, they're counting on that. They're counting on the drive times being able to have a less expensive warehouse, certainly in the, the city of Goodyear, and still be able to deliver back to the, uh, the you know the California um, locations that they need to distribute to. Yeah, well, it's great insight from a veteran who's been here for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate you being on again. Uh, thanks, Payson. Thank you very much for having me.